Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Dan Lawson, and this is the AU Standard. Today, I'm talking with Vincent Yates, president of Ohio Health Mansfield and Ohio Health Shelby Hospitals. He was the senior vice president and chief financial officer of Ohio Health, and prior to that, he was the president of Ohio Health Grant Medical Center. He has served in a variety of leadership roles and has more than 30 years of experience. Vince is a strategic leader with proven success in guiding results-driven initiatives and working across multiple areas and management levels to achieve strategic goals. And that is why I wanted to talk to him today. Welcome, Vince. Dan, thank you for having me on today. So tell us a little bit about the mission and vision of Ohio Health. Thank you. So let me uh, begin with Ohio Health has a very simple mission. As you look at us, our mission is eight simple words to improve the health of those we serve. And that means we're out in the community working so that people don't have to come into the hospital. But when they do come into the hospital, we believe with our quality, with our service, with the safety, with the way we approach our values, that that's where we want you to come to. But our mission to improve the health of those we serve means that we're focusing on health and wellness as much as we are uh, all other aspects of health. That's our mission. Our values help direct us in that pathway. We have five simple values, compassion, excellence, integrity, stewardship, and inclusion. We've been very solid at those for over 20 plus years. I've been with Ohio Health for 34 years, and I'm quite proud of the fact that constancy of purpose is one of our benchmarks, that we stay true to those things that I've just talked about, Dan. With that said, most healthcare systems have very similar values, very similar missions. And the question for any company is, can you take them off of the written word? Can you take them off the hallways uh, and, and what's on the wall and put them into practice in all of your locations and the way we treat our patients, our families, and the community? Ohio Health has over 30,000 associates made up of physicians, associates, volunteers. We have 12 hospitals uh, throughout the system and numerous ambulatory sites. Of the 88 counties in Ohio, we represent well over 47 of those. We don't go directly into the Cleveland market. We do not go directly into the Toledo uh, market and or the Cincinnati market. But if you draw that swath all the way into southeastern, eastern, north central, and northern Ohio, all the way down toward Portsmouth in that area, that's what we consider where we should be providing our mission very well, Dan. Locally, we have over about 2,500 associates and physicians in and around this six-county region at Mansfield, Shelby, Ashland, uh, and we are looking to grow that. We're the largest employer, as you know, in the region. Well, for the benefit of our future listeners who might be listening, sure, we are still in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. And I've seen a few articles that talked about how hospitals had to radically adjust 
during this healthcare crisis. Now, you might think that the healthcare crisis would drive business to your door. So why would a pandemic change the way you have to do business? Well, if you go, if you go back to whether it's January 28th, Dan, or into the March period of time, remember that we had to pivot our business model almost immediately. Elective surgeries were delayed. People were given a stay-at-home order, et cetera. So all of those efforts to get lab work done, to get your breast biopsy, to get your breast screening, your colorectal screening, all of those were put on hold with the stay-at-home order. So people postponed their doctor's appointments. Now, they might have done that because that was a mandatory gig out of the, uh, out of the state's office, but there was also a couple of other factors that influenced that, Dan. One was fear fear of actually contracting the COVID virus. The other was there's an economic impact to this and people were losing their jobs as well as being furloughed, as well as being put on unemployment. All of those things have a tendency to slow down a healthcare spend. Whether you need to have the healthcare procedure or not, you're much more willing to put it on hold or discontinue it for a period of time. When you think about what we had to do transitionally within our hospitals, our ability to increase our stock of PPE and manage this, slow down the patients that we did have and make sure that we were garbed up such that every time we were treating any patient, we were ensuring the safety of the patient, the patient's families and our associates and physicians. We even developed uh, places where we could have iPads for our patients. We had to have negative airflow rooms in places that we did not have them previously. What people need to recognize, even in the healthcare space, Our loss of revenue and procedures for almost a three-month window of time was about 50% of what we did. Now, we managed at Ohio Health not to furlough associates, and we did that because of our long-term pragmatic approach to uh, the way we do business. But we were absolutely caring for less people during this surge than we were previously. I will say there were significant positives that came out of this as well. Can you help me clear something up? I've been hearing a lot of controversy over the idea of wearing a mask. And I noticed in the fall edition of Your Best Health magazine, there's a picture of you wearing one. So help me settle the issue for some of our listeners. In your professional opinion, is it necessary to wear a mask during this pandemic and why? You know, one of the things, uh, we require masks within all of our healthcare organizations and are very supportive of this. Um, Even pre-COVID, I would suggest that we have long standingly talked about safety. It is one of our benchmarks that washing of hands all the time uh, is really a hallmark of Ohio Health and where healthcare needs to be. We have ramped up that safety and said, one of the things that we can do to keep businesses open, to keep the economy flowing, is to ensure that people are wearing masks to slow down the spread of disease, to wash your hands regularly, to make sure you're cleaning all of the areas that you are in and around on a regular basis, to social distance, not to eliminate. We know it's very important to have social interaction. You know, this pandemic has caused three things. It has caused uh, a healthcare issue, obviously, we're all very familiar with that, but it has caused an economic issue and we're all dealing with that as well. And thirdly, and most importantly from my perspective, there's a social impact to our ability from a human nature perspective to be in contact with each other. And really, I want us to think about how do we do those things safely? Well, one of the things that we can do safely in that space is wear a mask. That's the simplest of things we can do. I know it's hard for some, but that is the simplest of things we can do to make sure that we're working on 
keeping the economy flowing for all, as well as ensuring that we have the ability to socially interact with each other. Well, I don't know for sure, but I suspect some of these people may misunderstand the purpose of the mask. They think uh, if they wear the mask, it's to protect themselves. And they say, well, I'm healthy. And so if I catch it, no matter what, I don't care. But that's not really the reason to wear the mask. The reason to wear the mask is to protect others. Would you agree? It's both, but absolutely. Uh, my in-laws are, 80, uh, are 86 and 87 years old. And I need to be very uh, cognizant of that with my wife, uh, that I am not uh, giving her any reason that she can't see her parents. That's a very simple thing. And I think that's something that as a respectful individual, I think we all own that at some level is it's not about me. It is about what we're doing with others and having that deep respect for each other. And I do believe it's a simple thing to do, Dan. And I like that idea. It's a matter of respect. Let me move on now. This podcast is about business leaders for business leaders. So how has this healthcare crisis changed your thinking as a business leader in regard to your model? And will any of these changes stay in place during the future? Uh, For years, Ohio Health has approached everything from a balanced perspective. We focus on quality, service, our culture, and the financial ramifications. As a result of that, if you were to look at whether it's any of the healthcare rating agencies, Fitch, Standard & Poor's, or Moody's, we are at the top of the list in terms of our sustainability from that perspective. That has given us the ability to methodically work on things like safety innovations, telemedicine, keeping our associates, our physicians whole. And we've done all of that while at the same time from a community benefit perspective, our community benefits that we put to paper on an an annual basis as every healthcare system is required to do. Our tax bill versus the community benefit bill Last year at Ohio Health, our tax bill would have been $180 million less than community benefits. That is unheard of across the nation. And we're quite proud. I'm quite proud of that. That is where we should be aspiring to be. As we move into the future, I would say the one thing about leadership is be methodical. Uh, don't, Don't lose your focus on anything and make sure that you're treating the patients first and foremost the best to your abilities and your providers and your clinicians' abilities. Vince, I've known you for a while now, and I know that you're quite an impressive business leader yourself. So what advice would you give other business leaders in other sectors who are struggling to get their hands around how they do business during this crisis? Dan, I, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I use uh, these words occasionally, and, and sometimes they don't make sense to people. I call it slow down to speed up. When you see an issue coming at you, sometimes your reaction is to move quickly, and you have to move quickly. But the first thing to do is to take a pause and breathe and make sure you understand what the issue is and begin to calmly, fact-based, begin to address that issue. If you recall back in the March time period, I will assure you we were receiving different uh, recommendations from the CDC, ODH, Ohio Department of Medicaid, the governor's office, and beyond, hours upon hours, and to try and communicate that to 2,500 physicians, providers, clinicians, associates, and do it in a calm fashion is a challenge. There's a lot of ways to communicate that, but I would say the first thing to do is be confident, slow down, understand what you're trying to solve for, and then calmly, enthusiastically, but calmly lead through that time, Dan. That's good advice. I talk to a lot of CEOs and CFOs and HR business leaders. One of the things they tell me is their biggest concern is the rising cost of healthcare for their employees as an employee benefits package. So as a hospital president, How would you address this issue for these business leaders? 
Actually, the first place I look, Dan, is at my own personal self and my family's, uh, my wife and I. And, and I. and I do that because it forces me to think about how do I reduce the health care spend for myself related to Ohio Health? How do I make sure that I'm healthy? And so when I talk about our mission to improve the health of those we serve, the thing that each employer can do is really work with their associates on things like a diabetes prevention program. As you think about screenings, are we doing those at the right time? Are you utilizing the mammography units, the biometric screenings, the smoking cessation programs? There is a world of opportunity there, but it really comes down to how do you engage your associates uh, from a personal health perspective? As uh, others have told me, Vince, I'm not gonna make you lose 10 pounds. How are you going to become inspired to do that? And how can we help you do that such that your joints are better, such that you do not need a knee replacement? That's the advice that I would give to any employer is how do you engage your associates? Because people want to be well. They want to feel good. So how do you do that? So you would suggest an employee wellness program or preventative uh, medicine or something like that. Uh, how can Ohio Health help with those things? Well, we, we have a great employer services program uh, right here. Uh, actually, we service in some way, whether it's vaccines or what, we service over a thousand uh, uh, employers in this six county region. And, and, and you just said it directly, it's wellness programs. It's making sure that the information is there available and then also having uh, the right classes as appropriate. And sometimes those classes are social classes. And sometimes the classes are around grief counseling or something of that na- neighborhood. We have to be in that space as well, because as we all know, health and wellness is not just about the body. It is about the mind and the soul as well. That's great advice. What advice would you give a small business? And I'm talking about one of these small shops that maybe has uh, five, 10 employees. What advice would you give them to help them mitigate some of the costs? You know, I I would just say the same thing. And I would say connect with our employer services group. Uh, we're always available to have those conversations because we, I believe we have a ton of pair uh, of good information and ways to help that small business owners that's sitting there going, man, these, these, my benefit costs are exceeding my uh, cost of uh, supplies. And that's where you're going to have to be as a small business owner into the future is really working with your associates and having that trust and confidence with your associates to know that's a piece of your business. How do we reduce it? And it's not just about reducing the employer uh, cost or the employer cost in that space. It's about making a healthier population. Great. We're coming down to the end of our time now. So let me give you the last word. Is there anything else that we haven't covered already? What is that little tidbit of leadership wisdom that will come from Vincent Yates to help us out today? Um, Do the little things every day. You do the little things right every day. Over time, methodically, you improve and everybody begins to develop a little bit of trust. Stay, stay on focus all the time. It's easy to get off course. Communicate your successes. It's easy, it's easy to be negative and be that Eeyore. It's really important to be that guy or girl that's focusing on the positives. Remove your mor- morale mashers. They hurt you. And then let others lead. And at the end of the day, Dan, I would just say, you gotta have character. You gotta have people that trust you as a leader and then you've got to have the conviction to stand up for the right things. You've got to have the backbone to stand up for what you believe is right. That's great advice. So slow down to speed up and do the small things right. I like that advice. Thanks a lot, Vince. That's it for this episode of the AU Standard. Special thanks to Vincent Yates for being my guest today and special thanks to Ohio Health. They've been recognized as one of the top five largest health systems in America by Truven Health Analytics. 
and Ohio Health Mansfield Hospital was recently recognized as one of Ohio's best hospitals by U.S. News and World Report. I hope you'll come back and listen to the next episode. Until then, this is Dan Lawson, and you've been listening to the AU Standard. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of our guests, and not necessarily the views and opinions held by Ashland University. This podcast is licensed under Creative Commons. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.